Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us here on a Wednesday night, or if you're listening to us the next day, we appreciate you nonetheless. It's a busy time in sports now. We are closing in on October, and we all know how big of a month is, big of a sports month October is, and we just definitely can't wait to get it started. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, baseball season, it's the hunt for October. We're closing on it. NFL, you're about a month in. You're starting to find out. You are who we think you are. This is when we figure out more who you are. Basketball's right around the corner. Some big fights, some big news in soccer. There's a lot going on, and there's still college football as well, too. And we're going to try and hone in on a little bit of it today. We got some we got some fun things to talk about, but there's a lot that's going to be happening these next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be wild. I mean, you know, it's 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 a whole lot of something going on right now. Obviously, I, I'm wearing a Guardians hat, and I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. The Guardians clinched the AL Central. Uh, still a couple games to go, so yeah, obviously, you know, not a whole lot's going to change, but they have clinched the AL Central, and it, you know it's 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 funny to see. A year ago, they were, how'd you forget to do a Google search on the name Guardians? And today, we're like, holy crap, they're in the playoffs. Hmm. So it's very, uh, very been very interesting to see see the growth there. And then, yeah, man, it, everything else has been 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 a fun, fun last couple of weeks, and it's going to build for a fun, you know, next upcoming weeks as well. And I can't wait to see what's what, what what's in store. I mean, and and, and you mentioned soccer. Less than a month away from World Cup news, so can't wait for that. Absolutely. Well, a little over a month, a little over a month for, for, from World Cup news. Sorry, it's like eight, it's like seven weeks, but still, can't wait Cl- for that. Closer than the amount of time it takes to do a lot of things, like go on a crash diet as well. Too. The point is, it's right yeah. around the corner as well. Too. We can't wait for that as well. But that's going to lead us into our opening segment, also known as the tip off as well. Too. We're going to head into the tip off, and you know what, Kelsey? We're going to start with a little bit of a, a little bit of a Debbie down here. And we're going to look at the injury report right now going on mostly throughout all sports. We're going to focus kind of in on the NFL right now as well, too. It seems like everywhere you look, every single team is an infirmary at some point as well, too. And we're going to kind of the big one from this week was the Miles Garrett car accident as well, too, which, first of all, holy moly, that car is absolutely plastered. B, holy moly, he really isn't human considering he walked out of there with very, very minimal injuries based on the look of it. And three, most importantly, glad he is doing okay and that he is well as well, too. That is the primary thing is happy he is okay. But And his passenger. And his passenger is okay. And his passenger as well, too. Excuse me, as well, too. But glad everyone is okay for with that. And I just kind of want to get your take on this as well, too. Like, you're a bigger guy as well, too. And a bigger guy in a small car going and a wreck like that one, it's honestly nothing short of a miracle. I am now, I'm, I was already convinced he's not human, but now I will not be told otherwise. I won't, won't even entertain the idea of him being human at this point. Yeah, so we've seen pictures and we've seen 
the chest cam footage from the first responders from the police officers that were there. And that car was totaled. I, I mean, that, that car is totaled. It, mold, it, it supposedly rolled multiple times. And in that area, there's an embankment. It goes down and comes back up. And it was on the top side of that embankment flipped over on its wheels. So it rolled down. And you can see the roof of it crushed down the back. Obviously, the, in that porch, the engine's in the back. Um, that window is completely broken. You can see straight into the engine. Uh, terrifying thought. As a bigger guy in a car, my thought, first thought was I couldn't even imagine how many times your head hits that, that roof in general driving in that car, let alone now you're flipping upside down. Um, and, you know, they, they showed – they didn't show a lot of his injuries, but they showed definitely his left arm, his, hand, his right hand were definitely hurt, so probably from bracing. Um, but, man, I, like how do you walk away with, I, with – minimal minimal injuries at at, at at most like and you know they talk about like they're, they're non-life-threatening i mean non-life-threatening I, at that point in time like i'm i'm more happy he's okay because miles garrett is one of the as far as we know is one of the <laughs> good dudes in the nfl and i have to say that because we've all in the last year and a half kind of been burned by that thought before but miles garrett seemingly is one of the good dudes he's always talked about you know love of dinosaurs archaeology type of guy um and then this happens, and it's just like, wow, how terrifying is that? Like, it was that close. And it's not like there was, there was no drugs or alcohol involved. It wasn't a situation like that. It was a county road out there in the, in the farmlands of Ohio, if you can, if you, you can understand, if you can imagine that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, this is one of the wildest stories. Like, I honestly saw the, saw the news story first break, and I was like, that's a joke. That's not, that's not for real, right? Like, that, that didn't actually happen. This is a, this is a joke. And then you see the footage, and it was just, wow. Um, this is for real. <laughs> like, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just glad him and his uh, his passenger are okay for sure. Because that is just a that was the most terrifying part of it. And you know, of course, when they talk about that as well, too. The from what I understand, too, it says he was trying to avoid hitting an animal that walked out into the road as well, too. And we all know how they pop up in there, especially if you're going faster as well, too. It's a it's a herky jerk reaction. Everyone could say, like, "Oh, you should have just stopped." It's not that easy when it surprises you and pops out of nowhere. Anyone yeah. who's had that happen, it's a it's a it's a snap decision of what you can do at that point as well. I do want to point out the downside tough part about those roads too, because that embankment on both sides, it's like anything goes down in those gutters and comes back up. You're not going to see it until it's there on the road. And the downside with this, anytime a a prominent public figure comes into light with something like this, where there's always backtrack on things that have happened before as well too. And talking about how he has a bit of a heavy foot to multiple speeding tickets, one North of 120 miles an hour. So the downside that comes with this as well too. So now no matter what happens, it's, Oh, he shouldn't be driving that fast. He doesn't, Blah 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 blah. How it goes? What would well. what would all of you do if you had a Porsche 911? That's my that's my question to you. If if you had a Porsche 911 with that type of engine in it, what would you guys do? Well, chances are, if I had that car, it would be like that meme where it's a trailer park with a wooden shed over the top of it and have it parked in there, just staring. It's like which one of these doesn't look like the others? That'd probably be what more of that's what fair, it's like. That's fair. But I but mean, it, just more or less like I mean, people make mistakes. People drive like how many people don't have a speeding ticket at this point in time in their life? There's states that, that, you know, like, yeah, as I'll say, like, there's, I mean, it's like a rite of passage for most hmm. kids in the U.S. nowadays is getting a speeding ticket or, I mean, God forsaken, in some states, it's getting a DUI. It's like a rite of passage for their, their state. I mean, it's, yeah, okay, maybe he has a lead foot. Maybe you shouldn't be driving that. But he's doing it on a country road. It's not like he was doing it in the middle of downtown Cleveland. That would be a conversation to be had. Um, also, I don't think he'd get out with just minor bruises if it was if downtown Cleveland either, but. Uh, and we I, also I don't know if he was even going fast when this happened as well. Exactly. Like, yeah, we don't know anything. It's, it's, it's it one end to justify it by an opposite means. It's like, well, hold on now. Like it, the two don't necessarily correlate, but 
it it is what it is as well too glad that him and the passenger okay and there's actually thoughts he might somehow play this weekend which very interesting to see yeah. how that goes as well too if i i don't know on that one i mean if he feels good to go and they, like he's medically clear go right ahead but i would almost be like you know it's cool we'll try and get after the falcons and hopefully we can stop them you it's cool miles if we lose because you're out you're the mvp of the league and that is locked in at that point that especially if they go on to have a winning record afterwards yeah no i had to i had to kind of like Part of me had to laugh though, because as I was thinking about this story, I like I flashed back to the deal Jason Pierre Paul uh, uh, story when it first broke about his fireworks situation. So uh, admitted to hospital with hand hand injuries. It was like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and then you obviously get the whole story, and you're like, there's no way he's going to play in the next season. And lo and behold, this man rolls out here with like, you know, freshly made gloves and things to to, to help support his his new hand issues and is playing and then I, I see the news today break from Stefanski that he's like it's his he's up it's up to miles basically he has been medically cleared it is completely up to miles whether he can play today this week and I'm like what <laughs> that, like did anybody just see that man uh, on the on the chess cam or was that just my imagination because that was terrifying to look at like it looks like it honestly looked like he had maybe had like a separated shoulder and some some large cuts on his hand like I don't know what the, the actual diagnosis was but there was definitely some some cuts there at some point in time. Uh, So, you know, you're going to play in the NFL with those type of wounds. My God, good luck. I would say he's probably walked out of NFL games with a little bit worse injuries than he had walking out of that as well, too. He's probably felt worse before the car wreck than he did from just the car wreck injuries as well. But Oh, it was like when I tackled, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. We're good. uh, You know what? Nobody wins in that scenario. Everybody hurts in that one. But that's, that's kind of the big one for this week. But that's not the only one there have been. Injuries ravaging every single team. You look at Mac Jones with a significant high ankle sprain that might require surgery. Bo- Joey Bosa going on the IR. We know Herbert's in his rib injury. Shaquille Leonard full practice but hasn't played all season as well, too. We can go up and down the list. No receivers for the Buccaneers are healthy outside of Scotty Miller at this point. And he might not be healthy. I don't I might be just mint. They had to sign Cole Beasley, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. Jameis Winston's banged up with the Saints as well, too. I feel like I, Cowboys, no Dak Prescott. I, I feel like I can go down in every single team besides maybe the Eagles and the Jaguars. It feels like there's a noticeable injury on as well. I'm just going through you just going yeah. through it all. There's so many injuries. Justin Simmons well, from the Broncos. You look at I mean, you look at the Dolphins, Tua, the He's back injury. Uh, and the yeah, ankle which, now too. And, and the ankle. Then you have Jalen Waddle with a groin injury who was limited at practice as well. And then you have Taryn Armstead who was completely in uh, DNP. Um, today and and you know add to that Xavier Howard limited Javon Holland thankfully he's a full participant um, Greg Little the other tackle mm-hmm. thankfully a full participant um, yeah there's like it's so many injuries across the board Lyle Collins for the Bengals did not practice today um, which is possibly a huge miss for him I go down the list again like Jermaine Pratt Hayden Hurst T Higgins DJ Reader you know they're all on the injury list like it is wild to see some of these injury reports right now it almost makes you wonder like it's obviously nice to not have the the preseason being short it's obviously nice for the fans we're not sitting around for a whole month watching it but at the same time a lot of these guys not playing not having those full training camps as well too i feel like we've seen injuries spike because the body is not quite as callous then you see it and go full speed like that you can see six and one and half a dozen the other you cut your nose you spite your face whatever analogy you want to use in the situation but downside is we have seen a lot of injuries and it almost feels like, especially in recent memory, it's not the better team always. It's who's the least broken. That's kind yeah. of what ends up being who ends up go, going on their run, getting their Super War on this. Who ends up the least broken or the least 
COVID infected over the last couple of years as well, too. It's it's very interesting to think. It almost makes you wonder, should they maybe crank up the intensity in offseason just a little bit more? You don't want to go back to the old two-a-days of banging and clashing and basically trying to break each other, but maybe just a slight bit upgrade and maybe see if you can avoid some of these injuries. Or maybe it's at the case in point, the human body is it has already maximized what it is supposed to be allowed to do. And now with new science, it is beyond that to where humans should not be moving that fast and be that strong at the same time and be colliding. That is completely unavoidable now, even more than it has been in previous years. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, you know, I just want to add on to this point. I'm looking like just looking game to game at these, these lists. The only game that has under 20 names on it is the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And that is against the New York Jets. (laughs) That is the only only team, only combined to take the name off of it too. <laughs> well, so, yes, but he's still listed because he's he was still like a, he's still a full full participant listed, but he was still on the report. Like, like that is the only one that has under twenty names on it. Or sorry, under fifteen names on it, and it's like barely under fifteen hmm. names on it. Like it's like it's a fourteen right now. When if that's you take Zach Wills on thirteen, so it's like wow, this is um, it's an impressive it's an impressive laundry list of players that are just out right now. And, and to your point. You know, we talked about this on the fourth and four show. Uh, if you guys have missed that, by the way, check us out Sundays. You know, uh, eleven a.m. We go live, and uh, Zach actually made that point as one of the storylines to watch. Is is preseason handled correctly for these players? Because we see all these you know spikes of injuries, and and one of those you know things that that we looked at the the poll results for, and and a lot of people think that you know coaches aren't handling their players correctly in preseason because they do kind of have to callous up their bodies to take some of these hits nowadays, but. Also to that point, like maybe we have maxed out science to the point of our bodies can't do anymore. I mean, we just got uh, you know the 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 new Pro Bowl is going to be non-tackle. It's basically a flag. It's a seven-on-seven flag football game, um, and then a bunch of fun events, which I still think we need to see kicking events. But I digress. Uh, you know what? I I kind of prefer those events. I'm kind of glad you mentioned it as well. See, there's another thing we could touch on real quick. I like the Pro Bowl event because the old skills challenges, like the armed it, the, who had the stronger arm, the accuracy drills, the receiver things. Those were the fun part about the Pro Bowl. The game was never that fun, even when they played a little bit harder. It was kind of cool, but it wasn't like I don't know. It felt for me. I always prefer those events, like seeing who I, who could sling the ball the farthest, who can do those quarterback drills, that sort of thing. I I still remember like just those little blue dots on the end of that football scene. Who can really let it fly to? Can you imagine this year getting a Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen throwing throw off competition if they all take part? That the, the the game starts at eighty yards, and we'll see who goes the furthest beyond that. That's that's something I think people would. That's good. That outdo any Pro Bowl that we've seen in the last ever, to, ever at this point, honestly, as well too. So, I I like the idea of reverting to a skills challenge too. You know, it's funny because I was watching. Ironically, this all broke when um, the Aussie Football League is having their All Star events, and they have players come out and kick into a lake to measure distance of kicking. So it's one of the cooler things. Like they literally, like they step out, like their steps are onto a pier that they kick off of, and it's measured in the lake. There's like boats in the lake, fans in the lake as well, like fans on the edge of the lake and stuff surrounding it, and they just kick into the lake like 70, 30, 70, 80 meters. And I'm like, why can't like the NFL does this in Hawaii? There's gotta be a cool place to do this in Hawaii. Like, what if you did it off of a cliff, right? Onto a and try to hit it onto a target that you have to like. It's like you know in golf you have the the chipping challenges that are just extreme, like chip it off of this and then land it on a spot. Like what if you did that with a punt? Like, could you imagine how cool that would be like dropping down onto a thing or maybe a trick shot, like horse, like we saw a horse with, with kickers, field goal kickers back in the day, David Akers. And uh, I forget who he battled against 
in 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 that in that competition. But he battled against another one of the kickers uh, at the time, and that was so fun to watch. I want to see it with punters. I want to see it with quarterbacks. I want to see it with all the different type of like players. Just see, like you know, just trick competition. Like at this point in time, because. I mean, let's be honest, that was more entertaining. All those skills competitions were way more entertaining than anything the Pro Bowls put out in the last 15 years, 20 years maybe. Let's put the kickers and the punters in the nosebleeds and see if they can kick it down and hit like a garbage can on the field or something. Like, like those old ones yeah. where the people will throw it down there, see them do it with kickers as well to really put Damn. that leg to the test. And I'd get they a kick perfect, out guys. Hey, they got famous for a reason is all I got to say. I mean, why not? I mean, I'm sure everyone else will get a kick out of it even more than Pro Bowl game as well, too. But that'll do for the tip-off, and that's going to take us into the main event. And the main event, of course, brought to you by our good friends over at Manscaped as well, too. Use code HILOSPORTS at checkout to get 20% off. And big shout-out to Manscaped for joining us as well, too. If you haven't heard yet, the best in men's grooming right now. They give you all the right tools for the job. Proper grooming requires precision engineer tools. They handle the sensitive areas and have the hygiene to do it as well, too. Skin safe technology set basically basically everything that you can need so far as far as whether grooming for your face, your body, anywhere you need in between waterproof so you can use it in the shower and create less of a mess as well, too. And a nice little deal they have going right now. They offer they have free shipping and two free gifts going on if you shop online right now. And Kelsey, there, there's a little bit more to that as well, too. That's there's a lot more to it than just that. Yeah, it's not just that. Obviously, you know, we could talk about their peak hygiene plan. You guys haven't checked that out. It's really cool. Basically, you sign up for it every three months. They'll send you a package to your door for twelve ninety nine. Um, absolutely fantastic. Two products that you did either something to test out or your favorite products, whichever you choose, they deliver to you. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. And then on top of that, look, they have a great cause. They're, they're they have a partnership with the Testicular Cancer Society to help save balls. You know, one uh, one man every hour every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer. And in partnership with Manscaped and with the Testicular Cancer Society, they're helping to save balls. So not only is everything they do, every purchase they made going to help make your life even better, it's going to help someone else's life make, become even better because they're helping promote proper proper awareness, proper checking, and everything that goes along with that. So be sure to go check out all, all that on manscaped.com's website. And don't forget, while you're there, Drop in the code Hilo Sports to get 20% off of all the prices we just mentioned. And that could be whether it's for just the lawnmower or the lawnmower 4.0 kit that comes with boxers, comes with ball deodorant, comes with everything. You know, might as well get it at this point in time. It's that weird time between fall and spring or fall and winter that, you know, could be hot, could be cold. You don't know. You're going to a baseball game. You don't want to chafe. Going to a football game. You don't want to chafe. They got all the gear for you. So go check it out. Manscaped.com. And the code Hilo Sports at checkout for twenty percent off. Show your pair you care today as well. Definitely want to check that out as well. So that's going to take us into the main event, and we're going to stay on the NFL topic today as we've done the last couple weeks. We're going to kind of look back a little bit at what's happened this last week, talk about some of the major things that stuck out to us, and preview ahead to Thursday night football. So, Kelsey, we're going to go ahead and open up the floor with you. Week three, what's the first game you want to take a look at? Uh, I, I, I think I got to go to the Buffalo game. Um, <laughs> this one was was very interesting, and unfortunately, Buffalo unable to pull it off in the waning seconds. Yet another situation we see, a time time crunch situation down last couple seconds. Mismanagement early in the early in the, in the in the drive led to the running out of time for the Bills. Uh, very, tough break, honestly. Like, if you, if you really want to look at this, really tough break at a fantastic game against the Dolphins. You know, that back-and-forth game, 21-19 is what it finished up at. Bills there at the end if they're able to get the get the the clock off. 
um, then they have a chance, a great chance for Tyler Bass to, to give him a win there. Uh, but also in this game, I got to look I, more specifically. I want to look at Tua and that injury because that was. And anybody knows injuries. We all know that is not a back injury. Nobody stumbles <laughs> and shakes their head to a back injury. Um, and to pass, I don't know how he passed protocol. I don't know what questions they asked him. They must have asked him two plus two. And what day is it? Because everybody knows you play football on Sundays. Um, hopefully they don't ask him that question on Thursday. But um, yeah, and like I don't know what happened there. But look, I, I'm glad he was. In, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't a major. Like if something carries on, whatever it is. But there's no way that was. You can't. This goes back to last year with Patrick, or this goes to the Patrick Mahomes situation where he had the toe injury. That was not a toe injury. This is the exact same thing to me. Tua just. I don't know who says that's a that's not a head injury, but. I have to have a conversation with them because this this game top to bottom was wild, but that part in particular just proves how little about player care they really care about. Um, it was, but you know, it took away. It, that's the one part that took away from what it was a great game. I will say that was the first time I've seen a back injury lead to a dual stanky leg like that as well, too. So <laughs> if, I guess it's possible, but I've never seen it before. But they had the reaction similar to like when you watch any sort of pugilistic combat sport. Someone gets rocked and they're lit, they lose their legs for a second as well, too. That's kind of what it looked like. It obviously his back is listed on the injury report, so maybe he did have a back injury as well that maybe exemplified it a bit, but it's hard pressed not to feel like that. I have seen lots of people through my years of watching any types of fisticuffs get caught with a shot and have their legs get, go noodly. And that looked a lot like it considering it happened a couple of times it's possible that it happened through like a neck back injury. You just kind of lose your equilibrium. Maybe kind of if you get hit behind the ear, you lose your equilibrium. Maybe that happened when you got up, got a little, a little bit too fast. Like when you get up out of bed, sometimes and your head's spinning a bit, if you try and jump out of bed, like, Oh my God, I'm late. And you don't get a chance to actually wake up and situate yourself. But I, we're talking like 95 to 5% here that I'm thinking that was some, that that had some sort of head injury, but he's not on the protocol for that. So maybe he passed it. Maybe it's just a quote unquote, flat like a like a flash i guess if that makes sense like long-term damage yes but you can pat get away with the short term i don't know i it's not my job to to go into that but what i do want to talk about in that game too is the bills have been the super bowl champions and set for before the season for the last two years basically they've always been predicted to be the super bowl champion both by us as well as everybody else they're the super bowl favorite every single year rightfully so it feels like yeah. they have not won a close game in like three years they only win games when they absolutely blast people, but they have not won like a seven point game in the last couple of years. All the games they win, they absolutely, they win by double digits and blow people out. But anytime the game is close, it feels like they're not able to pull it out, which is very, very strange. It's almost like we're going to go back to another fighting, fighting, uh, con anal anal analogy here is if they can knock you out. They can knock you out in the first round. They're as explosive in the first round as it gets. But if you survive that storm, it, they're pretty, they kind of bounce out a little bit there, and you can really take it to them late. We've seen it. Obviously, there's a Chiefs game last year. You had a, a lead with 13 seconds, and you lost that one. We saw it against the Dolphins. We saw it multiple times last year as well, too. Even that Jaguars game where they had trouble getting going, they lost to the Jaguars. So they either win by blowout, they lose by blowout, or they lose close game. They're, I know that summarizes most ways for things to happen, but like they don't seem to be able to win these close games, and I don't know what it is. It could just be... They don't find themselves in them enough, and just when they do, it doesn't go their way. But it's something to be a little concerned about once they get into the playoffs as well, too. Because you had more, you outgained Miami by almost 300 yards, and you were in the red zone significantly more than them, but you failed on two attempts. 
They even punted it off their own upbacks, but to give you a safety to diminish it, the lead and get, make it even easier. They did everything short of give you the game and you couldn't go take it, which I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's like just lacking a clutch Dean or if it's just the weirdest coincidence of all time, but it is something to keep an eye out if they can get that figured out down the back half of the season. Cause playoff time, you you might get a blowout win, but you're not going to blow out everybody all the way to the Super Bowl. I think they're even no, even a team as talented as they are, and arguably still the number one team, most talented, all that sort of thing. They, that's something I want to keep an eye on. If they can start to win these close games and consistently show the ability to do it, not just, not just only blow people out when they get that first round knockout. Yeah, like I, the one takeaway I have from this game, and you mentioned it, they outgained them, they did everything. Let me just list off your stats: uh, 495 total yards to 212. Five, uh, five and a half yards per play to compare to 5.4, so not that big of a difference. 31 first downs compared to 15. 11 of 18 on third down compared to 3 of 8. 2 of 3 compared to no 0 0 on fourth down efficiency. 90 total plays compared to 39 total plays. Then 40 minutes and 40 seconds time of possession compared to 19 minutes and 20 seconds. Which of, of, of those two, two stat lines, would you. I if, if I knew that was my stat line, I would not be expecting a loss of uh, ever. If, if I hear that stat line, I'm thinking 33 to six. I walk away yeah. with that game and, and Case Keenum's taking snaps in the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that is a wild stat line to lose. And and then like diving into it further, I mean, Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times. 63 times. 70 dropbacks, I think it was too, which included ones where he ran or didn't get the ball off. It's absolutely crazy, man. I, I, I have like, <laughs> I I believe in Josh Allen, but there's a little bit too much trust in Josh Allen right now. Like, I need the church of Josh Allen to, to calm down a little bit in, in Buffalo because um, I don't need you breaking Josh Allen before the playoffs, please. I need to see him at least go take a coin flip and uh, for for overtime. Uh, maybe he, hopefully you win this this time. <laughs> but like, I want to at least see him in the playoffs because right now you're dropping him back 63, 70 times. He's taking hits. He's taking shots. He's running the ball another eight times. Like we need to, there's need to be some equilibrium here because this is not not going to bode well for Josh Allen if he keeps his numbers up. It is very not sustainable as well. So you're basically putting him in harm's way twice as much. Most most quarterback injuries happen in the pocket, but you exemplify those and you may, and you add up the possibility for it to happen when you have him basically being your one man offense at that point as well. Too, it's it's a, I agree with you as well too. They got to find a way to find some kind of balance as well too. I know some of those passes are catch snap, throw to Stefan Diggs in a screen, stuff like that. So he's not really in danger, but still just 63 yeah. dropbacks is way too darn much, especially in that Miami heat in September too, when your yeah, team uh, is already banged up as can be. And, 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 you know, obviously to your point, some of them also flips flip, flip forwards to Isaiah McKenzie, things like that. But like, yeah, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't change the fact like that's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all, Please. it's like, it's like, you know, the old pitch count now for baseball, like you see it and you're like, Hmm, uh, thou shall not throw that much. Hmm. <laughs> like it, it, that's a that's a crazy stat right there. 63, 63 throws is two away from the little league limit for a pitcher throwing in a game. Hmm. Period. That pitches throwing pitches in a game, not including warmups or anything like that. And Josh Allen is throwing sixty three times with a football, which is a much heavier thing and a much different, like much harder motion on your arm. So yeah, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. That's. That can't happen. You can't keep doing that. You can't keep getting away with it. However, that gift goes as well, too. So the game I'm going to look at for us this week is I'm going to feature one of your favorite teams out there. We're going to go with the Vikings and the Lions. 
the reason I'm going with because I was like, you can't forget those guys. Yeah, I'm just saying we're gonna go with the Vikings and the Lions. We're gonna go ahead and check in with them first as well. The things that I did like about this game, both offenses, especially when they got going, very good. Like Kirk Cousins in that fourth quarter, pretty good considering the first three quarters, not as much. Jared Goff, those first three quarters, not just Jared Goff, but the whole Lions offense, very good. Just kind of fell apart down the stretch. The the things I have concerned about is expected the Vikings defense to drop off a little bit this year. I mean, you go from Mike Zimmer head coach to an offensive head coach, but my goodness, do they feel, does it not feel like they've been toast cheese for the greater part of these three games? I know against green Bay, they seem to have them kind of contained, but week one green Bay is a perpetual loss at this point. And then they go win it, go on to win 13 games anyway. But it seems like since that point, the Eagles toasted them. Jalen hurts ate them alive. They had no answers. And then now we saw here, Jared Goff, Deandre Swift and squad. They were marching up and down the field on them for the majority of that game. So I'm curious. I'm a little concerned about that Minnesota defense, considering it's been there. They have way too many playmakers on that defense to be giving things up. I know it's a young secondary, but way too many big play type of guys as well. And defensively for the Lions, it had its good moments. I think they still have, you can see they still have a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball. What Aiden Hutchinson has his moments. He's a young guy. We already know that. Who I do want to point out though is Jeff Okuda. Talk about bouncing back from what looked like a will look like a bust in the making. You get Matt Patricia out of there. You get Jeff Okuda healthy after that torn Achilles last year. He has looked damn good. These this, the early part of the season going against some pretty good receivers as well too. He's lined up with the Thielens, Osborns, and Jeffersons of the world this game. Obviously, they had to deal with we they had to deal with the the, the Commanders as well too. That litany of weapons that they have as well. And then we saw them week one as well. Like they, they he he's looking really good. I think he's starting to. I think he's starting to actually look like that guy that came out of Ohio State as a can't miss prospect. But the thing that sticks out to me in that game is the Lions a little bit better, but they still got some work to do. Clearly, but they are very much on the right track. And the Vikings, they're a little bit let. They're in position to be a winning playoff caliber team. But if they want to take that next step, that defense has to step it up. And Justin Jefferson has to kind of realize he's not what he did week one is not going to happen again. Unfortunately. He came out of the scene a little too strong, and now everyone, it is everybody but Justin Jefferson beat us. The reason it worked yeah. for the Rams last year is they were able to get everyone involved, so then you were kind of screwed either way. Jefferson, they were going to make Kirk Cousins throw it to Adam Thielen because they're not going to get as many big plays with Kirk Cousins throwing elsewhere. So hopefully uh, Jefferson is able to kind of remain calm and steady, not have any, not have any like, I don't want to say like Randy Moss moments or anything like that. Hopefully it, it doesn't upset the ship and he's able to continue to be the greatest decoy in the league because every all eyes will be fixed on 18 as much as they possibly can until Adam Thielen basically gets three touchdowns and a half. Then they will start to roll coverage away. Then Justin Jefferson will eat. But right now you could tell teams are just looking like we stop 18. Kirk Cousins has to go through progressions and we like our chances more when he has to do that as opposed to screw 18 out there somewhere. So those are the things yeah. that stuck out to me that game. Mostly the Vikings I have some concerns with, but they're still in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, look, the Vikings are who I thought they were. AKA Kirk Cousins is who exactly who I thought he was, mid at best. Um, start once you start asking him to start making decisions and not just go to his first look wide open by 18 yards in all directions, he actually struggles. Um, now the one thing he didn't have to struggle with was throwing at Thielen when he was guarded by guarded by Amani Awarie, a guy who last year picked off team high six six picks. Um, looked really good for 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 the most part last year. Actually, was their best corner last year. Uh, this season completely flipping on its head right now. He is struggling, say the least. Seven out of the or six out of the seven penalties um, in the game on, on the on the on the Lions' defense were against Orwarie, or and 
you know, he he did all, he made a great play at the end of the game against Thielen, but that doesn't matter. Like, I mean, you missed, you made six obvious mistakes on the on the card. It, they are recorded as penalties. Like, you made those mistakes, and that's not to mention the mental mistakes within the game as well, which some could argue those are mental mistakes. But that's what worries me about this defense is like the one guy I didn't think I'd have to worry about this year is a warrior. Like I was more worried about Jeff Akuda coming back, how he, how he could perform. Um, so to see a warrior struggle the way he is, uh, obviously they have Jerry Jacobs there in, in uh, to, to come in he, the, the second year player last year's under undrafted rookie. He could possibly step in, but I don't know if he's going to fare much better right now. Um, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But yeah, like for the lions, I mean, outside of that, that, that moment, like that defense just needed to get consistent and getting, over that hump, I think their offense looks great. I mean, really, their offense does look really good. I, I say that knowing full well. If you look at the stat line side by side, Jared Goff looks exactly the same as Kirk Cousins. Um, but <laughs> you know what? For that offense, when you have Jamal Williams do what he did, I'll take that. Uh, you know what? Like, absolutely, I will happily, happily take Jared Goff going 25 of 41 with a touchdown and 277 yards because Jamal Williams will go get you 20 carries, 87 yards, and two touchdowns. And the knowledge of this coaching staff, the offensive coach staff, especially to be like, hey, DeAndre Swift isn't getting it done against this front line. Let's put a power back in. And that power back is demolishing that line. Like, bam. Like, great job coaching staff on the, on making an in-game decision there. Because that was a fantastic, fantastic job of game planning and, and changing your game plan. Which is something on the flip side of things, the Vikings could not do. They, like, Justin Jefferson wasn't working. Still didn't work. Still didn't work. Adam Thielen was... Yeah, he was your best option. Um, but at the end of the day, like, thank God Dalvin Cook got the ball a couple times before he got injured because that really was the difference is those, that first drive with, with Dalvin Cook scattering, uh, scamb- scrambling into the end zone um, in the corner of that end zone from, from two yards out. Like, that doesn't happen. This game is completely different, and I do think the Lions win. Uh, but that early on was enough of momentum to, to separate them uh, for the game. But, yeah, it's – I don't know. It's, it, this is this is the NFC North we're talking about, and so literally, I'm gonna say what I say, and then add in, take it worth a grain of salt because the next matchup might be 42 to seven. Absolutely, Sultan. I do kind of want to mention the last thing on this one. Isn't it funny how every time a corner gets away from Matt Patricia, they break out? Darius Slay, as soon as he gets the heck away from Matt Patricia in Detroit, he explodes on the scene with the Eagles. Jeff Okuda, as soon as Matt Patricia gets out of there, he explodes as well. So seems like corners just need to spend a little time with Matt Patricia, be called terrible, and then get rid of him. And suddenly they they turn into their best potential selves as well. So duly noted, future defensive backs. The plan is you got to struggle one year with Patricia and then go away from him and you suddenly become your best self as well, yeah. which is interesting because it is also a year of all the corners that are that we consider elite corners seem to have struggled so far early on this year. We've seen Except for Darius Slay. My and exactly he's the only he, he's like the lone wolf right now as well too and <laughs> and even then too we have we've seen everybody else like jc jackson jalen ramsey stefan gilmore going down aj terrell and like I, you can go down the list pretty much all the way down top to bottom yeah alexander we've seen them in these big games i don't want to say struggle but not we haven't seen them put clamps on like we've grown accustomed to denzel ward even these last couple of games hasn't quite looked himself like it is a very stark contrast to what i was expecting i expected this to be a year where corners broke out a little bit but it seems like a little more the opposite but what are we looking at for the next game what's the next game that you have on your mind that stuck out from this weekend well before i go to that i just have to add in one last thing about davin cook never forget about that man ever again minnesota that man gave you 96 yards and a touchdown when you get him involved in the game plan and hand him a ball over 15 times keep getting him the ball 
and you will not regret it. I, I have to keep going back to this because Dalvin Cook still seems to be the most slept on running back ever. And like people are already like, oh, we need to drop him from it. Give him a chance to get 15 touches and then you could possibly drop him. Let's let's calm down, people. He um, needs to stay healthy too. That's a big thing. If he yeah, stays yeah, healthy, the, then yeah. The small injuries are kind of that's 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 yeah, bummer for owners. But He's anyways, got the Jones syndrome going. <laughs> Speaking of small injuries and, and players coming back from them, I gotta go to the Colts and Chiefs game, mostly because of the recovery of the Colts receiving core. Helping to lead this Colts team into a finally a, a victory that they was much needed. And by the way, I've said it in the last cast that I said it during fourth and four. I don't care how bad Jonathan Taylor's running in the day. Give him 20 touches. You will win a game. You guess how many touches he ends up in the, in the, in, in the game against the, the Kansas City Chiefs? 19 carries and probably a couple catches. So about 20 to 21. 21 carries for 71 yards. Only 3.4 in the, in the air or uh, per carry. But you know what? You got him 20 touches in the ground game. And that's what matters because it allows Matt Ryan to do what Matt Ryan does, which is go 27 of 37 for 222 yards and two touchdowns. He can nickel and dime a defense better than anybody. He's been doing his entire career, and occasionally he can just pop off for a big gainer down the sideline. It happens. Alec Pierce, three catches, 61 yards, and 20.3 yards per catch. Like, tell me this rookie wasn't ready to, to break out finally now that he's healthy. Like, this is, this is the game the Colts needed to get back on track. And I'm obviously really excited about this because they were my su- they are my Super Bowl pick for for this season. So obviously I need them to not suck anymore. Hmm. Um, but it looked good offensively for the team. Naeem Hines getting involved with the passing game as well, um, and it just it just looked good is the best way I can describe it. You know, Stephon Gilmore getting involved in, the, in in the run game, shutting down the run. But on top of that, this team just in general forcing mistakes out of out of Patty Roddy McLeod getting the pick. Um, huge 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 there situation there. Um, and really not allowing somebody like Travis Kelsey to dominate the game, which I think you can allow Juju to get his. But if you allow, if you can limit Travis Kelsey to less than 60 yards and a touchdown, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> like, that's the that's the, that kind of the barometer because as he goes, that team goes. Because all he has to do is get to the 10-yard mark, turn around, and it's a first down every time. And that team just keeps clicking. And if you can prevent him from doing that, obviously you're doing something really well. But, yeah, it's – I don't know. I'm pumped. And then, you know, on top of that, you add in the rushing yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, by the way, seven touches, zero yards. Um, bravo, fat guys hmm. on Indianapolis Colts' front line. Um, and boo, fuck fat guys on the Kansas City Chiefs' front line. Hmm. For, you're not letting your lead running back get more than one yard at all, or even a yard. So. I'll say that. I, I will agree with you. It was, it was interesting to see them get on track. They did have the beneficiary of Kansas City screwing up a few times, like a fake field goal here, a muff punt yeah. here, things like that as well, too. And I wasn't going over one in the, in the, in the game passing. Exactly as well. Plus it does kind of, when you do hold them to Clyde Wurtzler to zero yards rushing, their rush defense has been spectacular in these three games, minus a 37 yard run from James Robinson. They haven't really given up anything on the ground. They've been absolutely stellar against the run. I am still concerned about when I look at their offensive line issues. Cause Matt Ryan, once again, got hit like eight times. I think it was sacked four times yet again. And he has a, he's turned into he fumbles too much. I don't know. It was just surprising because that's not really been Matt Ryan's MO, but he has seven fumbles in three games right now. Yeah. And I think three of them have been lost. Like that really can't happen. That you really, really can't do that. Like that that's that's a big bugaboo. Sometimes they happen blindside hits, et cetera, but and it hurts that he gets hit that often. Eventually you're gonna fumble that many times and you get hit every single play. But that offensive line communication would give any former offensive lineman an aneurysm. 
just mm-hmm. looking at the amount of times they just randomly go the wrong direction. Someone walks through scot-free the amount of times where Matt Ryan has to catch throw, catch throw, like, and then defensive backs, they creep up and they take what they sit on those screens. We saw how many times did the Colts falter? Like they're lucky their defense somehow in the weirdest way, just made Kansas city uncomfortable. So they got that many opportunities and Chris Jones doing Chris Jones thing. So they were beneficiaries of Kansas city, but at the same time, as you mentioned, there was a lot of things to be optimistic about. They just need to carry on and build off of that as well. Alec Pierce, he looked really good, actually. Limited opportunities, which we expected in this offense, but he made the most of them. Michael Pittman, you're not alone. You are still number one, but there's at least some there's some company out there. And they have the Titans come in, which the Titans, they this is a must-win game, I think, for them as well, too. Because after that, they have Denver, who you and I, we both are like, eh, with Denver, it's still shaky, but that Denver defense is still top three in the game right now. Still well, allowed less than 15 points, or sorry, less than 20 points to any any team. Exactly. Yeah. Like they, that defense is as legit as it comes It's a fantastic defense. And we do. And we saw what Trevor Lawrence did to this defense as well too. this defense still has some passing game holes overall did great here, but we saw you did, if you give Russ that many opportunities, especially September Russ, that's when it gets dangerous. So I think that it's a must win game against Tennessee. They've been the best run defense. You've got to keep that up against Derrick Henry and Tennessee's ex- run defense. As far as giving up big run plays, one of the bottom ones in the league as well. too. So this would be a good one to, get Jonathan Taylor going, get that play action game going, get the offensive line kind of figured out. So there's a lot in that game. I agree that there's some to look. There's a lot of things to kind of be happy about and optimistic going forward. Sure. You tied Houston. You lost to Jacksonville. Then you beat Kansas city. None of that makes sense whatsoever, but maybe it's the building block you need to maybe pull out an 11 win season go or 10, whatever it is, whatever you can something, pull out. Something in one at that point. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, whatever you could pull out at this point as well too. So, the next game I'm going to look at is we're going to stay in that division. We're going to go to the Chargers and the Jaguars because lo and behold, three weeks in, the Jaguars not only have an above 500 record, they are top of the division at two and one. They, what's a polite way of saying this? Lambasted the soul out of the Chargers as well. They and we kind the of Chargers. We kind of talked about this a little bit in that when we did our preseason predictions, we both had them winning a bunch of games, but we kind of a, kind of were under the insist where like there's some reason every year there's just a game like last year is Houston and even Baltimore where they just don't really show up and they get ramrodded. It's kind of their thing. Well, if that was the case, we found that game because Trevor Lawrence pieced them apart has actually had his best game as a pro. The defense got after an injured Justin Herbert who was game time decision and he looked uncomfortable as can be. Still made some absolutely asinine throws like that bomb to Jalen Guyton still doesn't make any sense. They couldn't run the ball. The defense. You now lost Joey Bosa for a while. Injuries to the Chargers are the most snake-bitten team right now as far as injuries go because you keep losing them and you lose them at bad times as well. Jacksonville, kudos to them. I mean, credit to them. Doug Peterson has done a very good job of, I thought, for them to kind of reach this point, they needed one more year just to undo all of Urban Meyer's mess-ups. Doug Peterson looks like he's actually managed to undo a whole lot of those and get them kind of in the right track as well too, so. Give a kudos to Doug Peters on the coaching job, getting the most out of the prints that is promised, as some are calling him now, Trevor Lawrence. Getting them using those defensive players. Trayvon Walker, I still don't think should have been picked number one, but he's shown that he deserved it, that he is a quality edge rusher so far, getting pressure. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is still Josh Allen. It's hard to tell because when you play the Colts, you expect them to beat the Colts in Jacksonville at this point, and you lambasted them. You you lost to Carson Wentz and the Commanders in Week One through a weird shootout type of game. Then you destroyed the Chargers in their weird Chargers game. So there's a lot to, that I like of what we're seeing in Jackson. I think barring something dramatic changing with like the quarter with Indianapolis or something like that, I think Jacksonville could be 
or even Tennessee, they could be well on their way to running this division for a couple of years with the way things are going. And the Chargers, we might have a we I think talent wise is why he picked up so many games, but we overlooked the fact that there is a black cat running around SoFi, but only on their side of the stadium because they cannot seem to catch a break and get in their own way with injuries or last year was like coaching and goofiness, but that injury bug I think is gonna ravish him for the season at this rate. I believe Matt Stafford. He brought a, he brought that cat with him from Detroit, and he just let it go in the other. He, he went to the wrong locker room first, and that locker room was like, "Oh, just happened to be the Chargers' locker room." So now it's it's getting them. Um, but no, I, I, to your point about the the Jaguars, like I I want to just first of all say thank you from the bottom of my heart to James Peterson for recognizing that he has a quality number one running back on his staff, and he had it well before the draft last year, and that's James Robinson. Thank you for using your weapon like he should be used. Yet another 100-yard game for James Robinson as a pro. Yet another great performance for James Robinson as a pro. 17 carries, 100 yards, one touchdown. Just thank you for the undrafted player. And three years now in the league, he has gone from a top 10 running back to last year injured, not even used at half the time, to this year. Hey, guess what? He's probably going to be a top 10 running back if the Jaguars keep winning. Uh, it's it's fantastic to see that, you know, like a recognition of actual talent by your coaching staff. And that's not to say Travis Etienne isn't good by any means. By all like, he's fine. You In this use offense, used as, the, used as the gadget bag, uses the Naeem Hines style. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I also want to say Zay Jones continues to be a consummate professional. I mean, like, just goes out and does his job day in and day out. 10 receptions, 85 yards, a touchdown. Honestly, I feel like I can chalk up 50, 50 yards in the air to Zay Jones every game. I, I feel like that's a safe assumption. Whether he gets in the end zone or not is a different story, but I feel like he's so trustworthy. And this this has been even back to his days in like Buffalo. Like You could just throw him the ball, and he would still catch it. It just wouldn't be for a lot of yards. Like He wasn't that number one guy like a lot of people want to project him. But good number two, by all means, continues to be so. And look, a big pickup in the offseason, the Luacon out of, from, from Atlanta – continues to be a absolute domineering force on that defense where as far as making tackles and Devin Lloyd, the rookie out of Utah, one pick on the day, five tackles, second leading tackler on the day. This team is, is going to be scary when they continue to grow up. Like and that's what's scary is most of this team is three, four year players by right now. I mean, you have Evan Ingram was probably the head statement and he's been in the league for what? Seven years, six years, eight years, maybe, but like that's it. Everybody else is pretty young. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of going to be terrifying when they actually, whether how, how they do this year, I don't, I don't know, but if they keep this up, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be intimidating for, for the years to come in, in, in Duval County. Cause something might be brewing in Jacksonville. Finally, they might, they might have something going as well too. We do have a lot of season left don't to tell go. Jim I said that. It, it does. You know, it's fine. He's, if you, if you, he liked them when they were one in 15, so he's allowed to like them when they're 12 and five. He wasn't the one yeah, who's he, disrespecting them. He, he can, he can ride with them. It's fine as well, too. We just put him on mute when he starts talking, but there's, there's a lot to like down there as well, too. I almost wonder though if they, I think they could benefit from having a bit of a mid to lower season and get one more really good draft class and then just like establish that, just be, have that outstanding core of young players to kind of match with the Devin Lloyds and the Walkers and the Lawrences and those type of guys as well, too, just to put the stamp on it as well. And, Christian Kirk, while he might be dramatically overpaid, he's a really good fit for what they needed in that offense. It's just, just that slot receiver who can get loose for Trevor Lawrence to get the ball out of his hands quickly, help him go through his reads. Because despite everything, he does go through reads really, really well. And he always has. That's why he's been 
he's basically been the gift to quarterback since he was 14 years old because of how he's gone through him. And having a guy like that definitely helps that. So that is it. That's a, that's definitely a big game to check out as well, too. So, Kelsey, what is the last game you're looking at for this week to take a look at? Yeah, so the last one from this week, uh, I, you know, it's – I don't know if I should keep picking on this guy, but I'm going to mm-hmm. – you know what, I'm going I'm to pick on him. Um, and, and that is the, the Cardinals and the Rams, and that is Kyler Murray. Just come on, Kyler. Put down the beta. Put down Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. too. Like, you can't keep sucking – and it, whenever there's a modern warfare or call of duty event going on, like it is too obvious at this point in time. that that is what you're, you're like, we can't even, I can't even pretend to be like, Oh, maybe it was something else. No, like they match up too perfectly, man. <laughs> it, like it, maybe it is like, looks like a duck quacks like a duck. It's not happened to be a duck, but no, this is a duck, man. Like you just keep putting on duck performances. I, Maybe go get a ghillie suit from from Call of Duty so that way you don't have to show up on Sundays. Like you, you could be there but not be there, so you don't actually have to play and get embarrassed every week. But dude, this is just embarrassing. Like this is embarrassing, really, at this point in time. Like you're you're a professional, you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars, and somehow, conveniently enough, every Call of Duty event weekend, you're a no show in the NFL game. <laughs> you can't write a script better than this. Like you can't do it. It doesn't work this way. It should not work this way. I I I don't know. I honestly don't. I don't know what better, what else to say about it because it was not a pretty game for Matt Stafford either. He underperformed Kyler Murray and they still won. I don't know how Matt Stafford underperformed Kyler Murray, by the way, but I digress. He still did, and yet somehow still came out with a W because that defense is so good. I just yeah. At this point in time, man, just like Kyler, stop. These, these things almost need, they just seem to find a weird way to write themselves as well too. So at this point, if I'm if I'm one of the Call of Duty developers, I'm checking if my if they're playing my favorite team. I'm dropping something right there. Like you know what, guys, yeah. quadruple XP weekend. Let's go, just to Bro. see what I just to see what I can do at that point. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm gonna give you give you a hundred XP weekend hmm. on the weekend you play the Cowboys. How about that? And if you are a Cardinals fan, any every there's no more no more Call of Duty events. They're happening on like a Tuesday only from now on. Like it, the, he's sponsored by Call of Duty. That's how much worse this is. Like he is actually sponsored by the Call of Duty. Both companies that put out Call of Duty, he is sponsored by them. So the Call of Duty name is always something he's sponsored by. You can't make this up. It's it's a fairy tale story in the worst way possible as well too. It's a, the worst type of fairy tale. The last game I'm going to take a look at is one that wasn't really competitive much so whatsoever. We're going to go with Carson Wentz's return battle to Philadelphia, not in Philly, but against Philly. <laughs> and it did not go his way at all, unfortunately. He was sacked, I believe it was nine times. At one point, they had netted negative one passing because of all the sacks, while the Eagles had north of 300. That defensive line for Philadelphia, absolutely insane. The offensive line for the Commanders, pretty much as bad as we thought they were, honestly. Now that Carson Wentz is kind of what you expected, big play capabilities, small play deficient, unfortunately. And in those situations... When you can't get loose deep and the pass rushes in your face immediately, well, we see what happens there. But I'm going to look at the Eagles offense too. Jalen Hurts might be the top two MVP candidates right now. And that really kicked off by getting his, who we joke around is the number one target receiving target there, but I think he very well could be if he was featured. I think Devontae, we saw it. I think Devontae Smith begin his coming out party as well. Before the season, we talked about a lot. I predicted this was going to be a breakout season for him. I thought having AJ Brown on the opposite side, it's going to take off some of the pressure. The way he runs routes, the way he gets open, the way he can he can still egg catch on people, even though he's still a skinnier guy and not the tallest guy. He he's so smooth. That's the only way I do it. He is like he's like 
cream cheese on a bagel smooth, how he gets open, catches the ball and just gets loose. He's, I think this is the beginning of what's going to be a fantastic season for Devonte Smith. And that's the case. Watch out for him and Jalen Hurts to maybe link up and they could be a number one seed in the NFC and possibly get Jalen Hurts an MVP is with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith being North of a thousand. Yeah. Can I get a replay of when I, uh, when Jalen Hurts was coming into the league and, and I was saying, and I quote, Jalen Hurts is a quality quarterback. He has just never had the opportunities to prove that he is a quality quarterback. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He has two awesome receivers, and he has a great offensive line, and he has a running game to go with it. And look what and he's doing. End. And like, yeah, oh yeah, God. And, and, well, two tight ends. Grant Calcaterra <laughs> out of nowhere, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, with one catch for 40 yards on the day. A uh, guy who uh, most anybody who has watched college football is like, oh, hey, I remember, remember that name. Yeah because he played with them in Oklahoma. That's why. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so look, Jalen Hurts, I've said it since he got drafted. I've said it since he got tra- He was a transfer to Oklahoma. The guy can throw the ball. <laughs> Nobody's just had to see it, because at Alabama, you didn't have to throw the ball. You could just run the ball. At Oklahoma, he didn't really have to throw it very often either, but he did, and when he did, it was a high-quality throws. They were open receivers. And then, so it's like, oh, well, how can he fit into tight windows? I'll tell you how well he can fit into tight windows. Eight catches, 169 yards for Devontae. Five catches, 85 yards for A.J. Brown. One for 40 for Calcaterra. Three for 26 and a touchdown for Goddard. I mean, even Zach Pascal, a guy who we know can't run very fast, three for 18. Like, give this guy credit where credit is due. This is back-to-back 300-yard passing games for Jalen, along with three touchdowns. Any player has this type of record, we're like, oh, my gosh, they're the next big thing. Jalen Hurts has it, and it's just like, oh, what? Like, come on. People recognize talent when you see it. This guy is lighting it up in Philadelphia. And this is coming from a Cowboys fan. I don't like the Eagles. I especially don't like Alabama players. I don't like the Crimson Tide. I don't like the Eagles. And he is the but he is literally both. And I cannot stop raving about him. Like he is talent in consummate right now. We are watching something that I don't think anybody's ready for. Between him and Lamar right now, what we're watching between the two of them is outstanding. I'm just going to say that flat out. Like, between those two, one of them is going to be MVP this season. It's going to be whoever's healthy throughout this season, I feel like, at this point in time. It does help, too, that the Eagles schedule the rest of the way. Not a whole lot to worry about. There's a whole lot of cupcakes and give me a win on there as well, too. They, they have a lot of very Yay, winnable. NFC East. That and plus, I believe they play the AFC South as well, too. So there's a whole lot of cupcake in that in that <laughs> division, the, the, in those games the rest of the way as well. So I'm with, I'm with you on that one. I think Jalen Hurts has proven for whatever limitations he might have, he can overcome it with his strengths as well, too, especially if you give him the chance. And that's a kudos to Nick Sirianni, the head coach as well, too, came yes. over as well as an offensive coordinator. But it took a minute last year kind of catering an offense because you it's the same thing with Lamar. You can't just plug and play him in any offense. It has to be an offense with their skill sets. But you see it. You give him the skill set. You give him the weapons. Look at him now. He has the elite route runner in Devontae Smith. He has the big body. He out there somewhere, A.J. Brown. And a good tight end. He has two complementary type of receivers. And then there's Quez Watkins who can outrun just about anybody else in the league. Like, Anything, yeah. Like you and, have- and, and you gotta give him and you also gotta give credit for developing himself too. I think that's the exactly. big difference between him and Lamar in the first two years. Is I think Jalen developed his vision in the offseason very well. I don't think Lamar's quite developed his fulfilled vision, but like Jalen right now is- this year, it just took him a little bit longer for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it like it took him to this point, but like in two years now, we're like Jalen's like, oh. It's a complete. It is really did completely different watching Jalen this year to watching Jalen last year. He is actually scanning the field and finding open guys first, and not just like read, 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 run, which is what it was last year. 
Like, this is actual – like, we're watching fine quarterback. Like, this is what you draw it up in tapes. Like, Bill Walsh would have been just absolutely salivating watching Jalen Hurts right now. The one thing I'm curious about is we see this all the time, too. Like, they come out starting hot. Teams start to adjust. They find your tendencies. Yeah. I'm curious how the Eagles will adjust to that, too, because we haven't really seen them have to do that recently. Last year, their adjustment was, all right, we're just not going to throw the ball. We're going to run the heck out of it. And that's what kind of worked down the stretch and got them in the playoffs. So I'm wondering – I'm curious to see how the passing kind of – We've seen Lamar do it, for example. We've seen, like, as the season goes on, they make those edits, and they we saw him in his MVP season. He got stronger as a passer as they adjusted. So we'll see. I'm curious to see how they do that as well, too, since we are early in the season. But having A.J. Brown, having him Devontae Smith on those those two guys on the outside, you'll be fine. I mean, honestly, there's times where you could just say he is out there somewhere, and one of those two will go get it as well. And I still stand by it. Devontae Smith will break out and end up finishing as a Pro Bowl-level receiver by the end of this year. I think... He is still that talented, and he's unfortunately been written off because he is compared to Jamar Chase, arguably the greatest rookie season of all time, and Jalen Waddle, one of the top 10 rookie seasons of all time, arguably, with as far as receptions go, a high-volume guy who has added the explosive element back into his game this year as well. So I think Devontae Smith very easily could surpass those two this year as well, too. Something to keep an eye out on, especially if Jalen Hurts keeps wheeling and dealing, getting both him and A.J. Brown involved. Week one is the all-A.J. Brown show. Then after then week two they started a little bit more. Week three I think was the consummate how it should how they want it to look. That is what they want to see this entire time is how they get them involved. So look out look out for Philadelphia. I think I'm curious to see them when they match up with the Cowboys, especially a healthy Cowboys team because that front line gets after it. And we saw last year they put Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in a hell when they matched up with him when everybody was playing. Is cool, of course. I don't count that last game where Dak just kind of stat padded, but the first matchup before that. They, that defense with Micah Parsons and squad will put quarterbacks in hell if, they, if they're not on their P's and Q's and if they don't get that run game going. So underratedly good matchup from a 2-1 and one and a 3-0 and o team that one of the teams no one has a whole lot of faith in as far as the Cowboys right now. But that defense is something to be scary about as well, and I look forward to seeing that. Plus, Trayvon Diggs and Devontae Smith matching up again. That Those are always fun, fun as well, too, now that oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is feeling it, too. But that is going to do it for our main event as well, too. Well, not quite actually, because we got a Thursday night game to talk about as the Bengals take on the Dolphins. Tua banged up a little bit as well, too. Kelsey, what's your prediction for this Thursday night game on Amazon? I'm gonna. I want to say that I want to say the Dolphins, but the, I think this is going to be the game they lose. Um, too much to think about for the Dolphins right now. Obviously, all the stuff going down to the hurricane in the Miami area right now as we speak. Um, that it's it's happening, and on top of that. The Bengals, you got you got to get a W. Like you, you need a W at this point in time. You need another W to keep things alive. And uh, I, I think they have a better chance to get a W, considering their injuries, than the Dolphins right now. I will say Tua being banged up is a little concerning on a short week. And Trey Hendrickson has been in, has been on a mission early on this season as well yeah, too. With no the Armstead, exactly. And I think Dolphins are really good. It's not a knock on them. But I think the Bengals kind of found themselves a little bit last week against the Jets. Granted, the Jets, but so still. I'm going to take the Bengals as well in a relatively close 28 to 24, 31 to 23 type of game, something goofy like that as well, too. But I think it'll be a pretty good game with a lot of explosion between those those weapons as well. So, you know, Tyrese going after Eli Apple at least a couple of times, too. So if Eli plays, Eli might not play. He was on the injury report. You know what? I wouldn't want if the to Bengals, play. Either. If the Bengals could hope for anything, he doesn't play. 
And touche as well, too. So we'll definitely see how that one plays out. But that will do it for our main event. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We now head into Kelsey's favorite part of every show. That is crunch time. We spend a little bit of time with a quick talk about something that's on our mind. And Kelsey, you got a little something you, you kind of want to go off about real quick. Like. Yeah. Okay. So Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm going to call you out right now <laughs> on the field. With, it's not that it's, I don't care about the Louis Vuitton cleats by all means, rock those bad boys all day long. Fan, fantastic designs. Uh, you use both the red the black and red and the black and white. Uh, great, great looks. But it's the Apple Watch, man. First of all, no player in college football is allowed to be attached to any sort of electronic device except for the heartbeat sensor and the tracker that they put in the little stat tracker on the back center of your, your, your body because it's protected by the shoulder pads. He's wearing a freaking Apple Watch, and this isn't the first time. Multiple times this has been happening. If that thing shatters on the field and you get injured because of it or a player gets something in their eye because of that, that's so dumb. Granted, hasn't happened yet because he's still good enough to evade all the, co- the heavy contact. The fact is, though, if it happens, it is not good news. Like, just don't flaunt your NIL money yet. Wait until you're in the NFL or wait until you're in, out, off the field to do it. Like, I don't care about the Louis Vuitton stuff. Do that. That's cool. Do not wear an Apple Watch because, one, you're potentially lo- going to lose your team games if the NCAA decides they want to crack down on that because they absolutely could. And they could literally forfeit any game that you participate in that you're found to be wearing the watch. But so far, it's every game this year and last year. How would Ohio State handle that? It wouldn't. It'd be literally miserable. So don't be stupid. Don't cost your team games. Just be smart about it going forward. Like, that's just so frustrating to watch. I wonder, if, is that NIL money or is that Marvin Harrison's senior money that you just kind of get, get asked yes. for as well, too? That's a good question. Like that could go either way as well, too. But that that is definitely something to keep an eye out for on as well, too. We'll see if we see that again this weekend coming up as well, as well as the big games. We imagine Ohio State will be in later in the season. But that will do it here for the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us here today. Keep an eye out for us next week as we get ready to talk a little bit of baseball as well, too, as the playoffs are well on their way. We will see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. 
Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.